2: Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sergeant, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards. Over twelve hundred games. I want again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High Five
0: Casino, Casino. Win at High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High
2: Five Casino.
0: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. What's good? It's Colleen Wit, and Eating While Broke is back for season three. Brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. We're serving up some real stories and life lessons from people like Van Lathan, DC Young Fly, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and many more. They're sharing the dishes that got them through their struggles and the wisdom they gained along the way. We're cooking up something special, so tune in every Thursday. Listen to Eating While Broke on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about
1: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. <gasps>
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions
1: apply. See website for details. Oh, Ken is away today, by the way. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, 20 minutes. We've got a uh, special keyword. You could win $1,000. And uh, we're on from 1 to 4 every day. And if you miss... At 4 o'clock, you can listen to the podcast, same show. And uh, you go to the iHeartRadio app for that or kfiam 640com either way. Uh, We go now to uh, Echo Park Lake. I spent the last segment uh, laying out this story. You may remember back in March uh, of 2021, they removed almost 200 vagrants from the park who'd been living there quite some time and fouling the place. And finally, Mitchell Farrell, the former councilman under pressure, uh, cleaned it up along with the LAPD. There were a lot of activists screaming. There were a lot of arrests the night that they uh, evicted the campers. And uh, they put a fence up. And it's been the fence has been up since then, although it's been knocked down several times. And now the new uh, socialist communist councilman, Hugo Soto Martinez, says the fence is going to come down for good. And this doesn't sound like it's a good thing for uh, the neighborhood, but we're going to talk to one of the residents who he had on frequently two years ago, uh, Riley Montgomery. Let's get him back on the air here. Riley, how are you?
2: Hi, John. Thanks for having me back.
1: Uh, well, what's the state of Echo Park Lake? What, what's happening here?
2: Well, right right now Echo Park Lake looks beautiful. It's a nice place for families, children, people of all ages to enjoy and and utilize And uh, right now it's very safe. There's very little crime. And uh, it's been a great place since uh, Mitchell Farrell put up that fence to keep it safe from encampments starting up again.
1: How does the fence keep out the encampments, but it doesn't keep out the neighbors, the
2: neighborhood? well the fence uh the fence that surrounds the park has multiple entrances, so you can access the park very easily from uh, i think five different entrances so anyone can have access to the park uh the fence isn't about keeping people out it's about it's about preventing someone from having access to setting up uh housing in the park setting up encampments
1: right the entrances are not wide enough for people to drag in their tents and their
2: well, the entrances carts. are closed up at
1: night. So. Oh, oh, okay, I see.
2: Well, well what's wrong yeah. with that? And uh, you tell me. I've been. Everyone's been asking the same thing. I do have some interesting things to talk about regarding that. Um, so, Mitchell Farrell commissioned a survey that was sent out to all, all local residents around the lake, and uh, that survey was regarding if they would support having a fence uh, permanently around the lake, or at least keeping the existing fence until a nicer fence was put in. And that survey was completed in October, and currently uh, Hugo Sotomartinez has the results of the study, and he's holding on to it, and he's not releasing it to the public. And Hugo isn't responding to any constituents that have emailed him or called him. He's not letting anyone know what the results of the survey are.
1: Yeah, that's the Mike Bonin playbook. That's what you have there.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Mike Bonin got voted out um, pretty substantially, so I don't know why he's trying to use that same playbook, but it's to appease these, um, you know, DSA activists who don't even live in the neighborhood
1: do people in echo park lake understand the threat of the democratic socialists of america and hugo soto martinez is a member have they seen their websites and what they stand for
2: well i think one of the problems is echo park uh the neighborhood of echo park is a working class neighborhood like yes it has been uh gentrified slightly but everyone who lives in echo park you know, they work all day. So they don't really have the same amount of time to browse Twitter and browse the news. And a lot of them, I've talked to a lot of people who live around here and they don't even know what the DSA is. So it's kind of uh, almost an insidious threat because it feels like almost like they're trying to set up an autonomous zone, like what happened in Atlanta recently or in Portland. It feels like they're trying to colonize public space to use for these autonomous zones. And Mm -hmm. so the part is the people that work all the time; they don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah, they are. They they, I mean, it's 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 the same group or it's an affiliated group with the same philosophy. That's what they want to do is they want to have a, a zone where anybody can live out in public and engage in any kind of behavior imaginable. That that's not right. an exaggeration. I mean, they they say it pretty much on their websites. That's, I guess. Yeah. He, but but he, then- he he got in, and now they're realizing what he's about, huh?
2: Yeah, and well, and also the problem is CD13 is a large area. It in, encapsulates parts of Los Feliz and Silver Lake and um, a lot of the people that live in Silver Lake that are more wealthier and more richer don't want homeless in their area and they would rather uh, people that are homeless be in Echo Park versus in those areas. And we see a lot of these activists that are mostly younger uh, white kids are coming from Silver Lake. They're coming from Los Feliz. They have rich parents. I've talked about that before. but Yes. They, so they're fine with Echo Park being used for their experiment because it won't affect them.
1: Yeah, that is a strange phenomenon, these rich white kids who've gone anarchist, yes. really.
2: Yeah, exactly. So um, what I am aware of is that... Um, Hugo is planning on bringing down the Echo Park Lake fence on the anniversary of the lake cleanup, which will be around March 21st.
1: And then so what happens? Would be, the, the homeless are going to march back in with their tents and shopping carts and bicycles?
2: Yes. Yes, it will turn into a disaster, possibly worse than the time before that. So I'm urging every constituent of CD13 that's concerned about the lake becoming... Um, a complete autonomous zone, to call Hugo's office. His number is 213-207-3015, and I highly recommend calling in. No one's been able to get a hold of him. He seems to be even more useless than Yitim Rahman or even Eunice's, Um, but uh, if you can try, call in, show up to his office. I don't know, do what you can. Uh, See the constituents who, if you really care about this neighborhood, call in and try to stop him from, from doing this. And ask for the results of the survey to be released. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how many people would vote for uh, a 200 person homeless encampment at Echo Park Lake because that is a, yeah. that is a beautiful park when it's uh, when it's
2: cleaned and uh, they they regulate it is it's, regulate entry. It's one of the nicest parks in all of Los Angeles. Yeah, and yeah. It, and the people of LA deserve to have that park. It, well, it deserves to be for families.
1: There, there's nothing that these Democratic Socialists will not foul. Uh, they actually yeah. revel in taking down whatever people enjoy in American life.
2: Yes, they, they revel in chaos and they revel in destroying uh, society. Um, we saw how they showed up to uh, Tracy Park in CD-11. They showed up to her home. They're harassing her and... Just and Tracy Park honestly has housed more people in the first four weeks of her tenure than Mike Bonin did in all of eight years. Yeah. So just look what happens when you well, when you see, vote for real people.
1: That's the thing. It's not about homelessness. It's about creating the chaos because the Democratic yes. Socialists did go to Tracy Park's house to do a protest. I saw pictures yep. and video of that and she is putting more homeless people inside than anybody else on the council but that's not their goal their goal right. is to is is the chaos to ruin our way of life yes. and that 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 is so yep. bizarre people i don't think can wrap their minds around it that that's really what's going on it sounds like i'm being hyperbolic and exaggerating and being crazy i'm not that if you just read read their own material you'll see that's where they're going and they have direct connections yep, to Antifa. Exactly.
2: And one of the things that um, blew, I think that, that blew my mind and, and woke me up to the whole thing was when we started building uh, tiny home communities in Echo Park, it would get people in safe communities that have security, um, that, are, that provide food, that provide access to health care workers. And the same DSA activists were telling people not to accept that shelter. Because it's not a permanent house. That you know, as if providing every single person a a permanent million dollar home will fix homelessness when they have mental health issues and they have drug addiction.
1: That's the game. That's not how it works. That's the game they've been playing for years. When the city makes an effort to try to get these people temporarily relocated, the the activists go in there and say, No, don't go with them. Hold out for permanent housing, which isn't coming. Because it's it's not it's not doable.
2: If I could wave a magic wand and create you know 60,000 brand new houses that would appear out of nowhere that would magically cure everyone from mental health issues and addiction then I would do that but I have to live in the real world where that's not going to happen and what happens when the fence comes down is the activists and the DSA move back in they colonize the park they take it away from families they take it away from the working class and they turn it into a place filled with crime and terror. And that is what's going to happen in March if people don't stop Hugo from doing this.
1: All right. We will stay in touch with you, Riley. Let us know how this progresses. We, there's there's all, there's about six weeks, I guess, or seven or eight weeks to stop this. So uh, we're yeah, on your side. Thanks, we'll John, help I you out any it. way you need. Riley Montgomery. Hey, thank you. Okay. He's uh, right. a resident who's trying to fight for what? The right for normal taxpayers to use the local park and enjoy the the lake talk more on this uh, coming up because this this is this is all over the city and and has been for a while now and everyone's got to be aware of that we've got we've got a really really toxic force inside government that wants to ruin anything good about Los Angeles in Southern California, Johnny Ken Show. All right, so we just finished talking with uh, Riley Montgomery, who's a resident of Echo Park Lake, and he was on with us a lot two years ago. And uh, this is your official warning around the city: the Democratic Socialists of America are coming back. They now have three seats on the city council. They also have infiltrated other offices, their chief of staff or their advisor of some kind, and their role is to. Um, cause anarchy in los angeles uh if you don't think it can happen look at what happened in seattle a couple of years ago when there was a six block zone called the chop zone where it was an anything goes mayhem and by the way there's so much political fallout in seattle now that most of the city council is not running for re-election they ended up with a very moderate Democrat as mayor and a Republican as the city attorney in Seattle because people got so fed up. And now most of the city council is not running for reelection because of the harsh backlash of their defund the police movement of allowing these anarchist groups to take over six city blocks. It's not good. Uh, same thing as in Portland. In Portland rather. Three-quarters of the people who live in the Portland metropolitan area say it's too frightening to go downtown. Three quarters. And the defendant police movement is dead. What is still a huge issue is is the homeless situation. Because these city council people are physically afraid of the anarchists, physically afraid of the Democratic Socialists of America. They did show up at Tracy Park's house the other day. This is what they do. They show up at the homes of regular residents who get involved in trying to get the homeless out of the parks. And what could end this very quickly is a strong response from the mayor and LAPD. That would end things. And this is a test. You're going to see, that's why we call her Karen Bassetti, she's no different than Eric Arcetti. She's got to prove herself with something like this. If they put, if they take the fence down at Echo Park Lake, and then the homeless keep people come pouring back in, and they bring the tents, and they bring the garbage, they bring the drugs, the uh, the needles, the shopping carts, the huge bags of filth that they drag around, the bicycle parts. They do that, you're right back to March of 2021 again. Karen Bass, if she's really about making life better in L.A., should put a stop to it and get as many LAPD as possible to enforce it. Now, they came up with a solution. They put up a fence with relatively narrow openings, and they closed the fence at night. They closed the entries at night. So during the day, families I know this sounds radical, but American families can enjoy the park with their children and relax and and play. you know, the, the families that paid for the park with their taxes. Now, if Hugo Soto Martinez, this this socialist, gets his way and takes down the fence, then the vagrants take over again, and the families are gone. Now. I think it's an easy choice, but what do I know I, I I seem to be not understanding what's going on in the world seems like nearly 100 percent of the public would say, hey let's go with the uh with the parents and the families playing at the park and not with the vagrants uh, they need to go to uh they need to go to some shelter which we have plenty of or they need to go to uh mental health or drug treatment now they do have to get out of here so this this is this is a standoff. The Hugo Soto Martinez is one of these uh, socialists that belongs to the DSA. So is uh, Nithya Martinez and uh, one more, a woman uh, in in the downtown region. And they staffed Mike Bonin's office. They're fighting Tracy Park. I mean, I mean, Nithya Raman is one of these Democratic socialists, and she's let four people die. In, in a, like a one-block area, basically, of Sherman Oaks in the last couple of weeks. She lets them die. And they all have the same playbook where they don't respond to any phone calls or any emails. Um, they will not talk to you if you find them in the street. They never answer any reporter questions. They just shut down. I don't know where they have their their secret meetings where they decide which parks they're going to take over. I and mean, this is what Bonin allowed on the west side. Westchester Park was like this. And what caused Bonin to finally be forced to quit is when he was going to bring this into the wealthy Pacific Palisades area and take over Will Rogers State Beach, the parking lot, which is right up adjacent to the beach. And he was going to turn that into a homeless village. And that finally woke up all these sleepy fools on the west side that this Democratic Socialists of America crowd are serious. They want to foul all the public space. They don't want you to use it. They don't want you to enjoy life in America because America is wrong. I don't care about your politics. What they talk about here is the very existence and legitimacy of the American way of life. And what they want to do is take away all the joy, all the order that we want. And even though we have the votes and we have the police on our side... Because of incredibly weak, foolish politicians like Garcetti and maybe Bass. Got to see this is the big test. She, If she lets that fence come down and the vagrants storm Echo Park Lake and all the regular taxpaying residents are forced out, then we'll know for sure what we have here. This is her test. And it's two months. And if I was uh, Karen Bassetti, I would uh, get on the case and keep this fence up. Forever, because all the locals can get in there. It just keeps the homeless people out at night, which is the way an orderly society should be. It's what we all had. It's what we all want. And all these activists, they're they're very vocal, but they're a fringe element, and they're kind of crazy. If you're some uh, snotty rich boy of a Hollywood executive... Uh, but you got the time and money to get involved in this this kind of disruption you know obviously you're mentally unbalanced uh you need you need like intense psychological therapy to deal with whatever your issues are from growing up rich and privileged so we we'll, we're gonna be all over that uh we got a lot coming up remember moist line 1877 moist 86 put in the calls we've had some vacancies and uh next hour we're also going to have another uh $1,000 to give away. Uh, been a lot on the homeless today. Got one more story to give to you um, when we come back. Anita Chabria is this uh, L.A. Times columnist. When she, we last heard from her, she had jumped on a raft to go visit the homeless on an island in the Sacramento River. I don't know if you remember us talking about that. Well, uh, she's got another homeless column here um, that describes uh, what the well, you know, the CARE Court is this new Newsom invention. And a gr- she has a column, which is a great example of somebody who should have been uh, in CARE Court. But a- a CARE Court is kind of allows families to, to force homeless people into treatment. But there are some big loopholes. And as long as those loopholes exist, this whole thing may not work very well. And I'll explain it when we come back. There's a concept here which could work, but... I'm reading about what the possible execution may be, and I don't know. Ken is away. Coming up at uh, 3 o'clock, there is a new bill to repeal Prop 47. Apparently, most of the public would like 47 either uh, destroyed or heavily amended. And we are going to talk with uh, an Assemblyman, Juan Alanis, who's introduced a bill to dramatically change Prop 47, which is one of the worst laws that California voters ever passed. And I think most people have come to realize that, that everyone was uh, uh, fooled and ignorant of what that really did. Um, where's uh, Vacaville, is that how you say it? Vacaville. Vacaville. That's up uh, in the Bay Area. Yes. Uh, there is a homeless person that was profiled in the L.A. Times today uh, by Anita Chabria, who's another one of these uh, progressive columnists. And she was last heard from... Uh, Uh, taking a raft across the Sacramento River to go visit homeless people who live on this small island in the river. Who knows why? Um, But um, this column is is a little bit better. Uh, She profiles James Mark Rippey. Rippey just died. Homeless person. Severe mental illness. Um... For years, his sisters, Catherine and Linda, were begging politicians and bureaucrats and medical professionals to give James, their brother, help. In fact, they were on a public uh, crusade for 16 years. And he's described, uh, James Rippey, as the most famous homeless man in California. All the state and local legislators knew him. And the media wrote many articles about him. But in the end, it did no good. He never got the help he needed. Officially, he died of pneumonia and sepsis, organ failure. But his sister, Catherine Rippey Hansen, says the real cause is they could never get custody. Uh, Conservancy. And this has been the fight that's been going on in California since 1967. Uh, allowing adu- allowing family members, at the least, to get control of an adult who's in dire shape. Physically ill, uh, mentally ill, drug addicted. And you might think, well, who fights this? Well, it's these bizarre... ACLU types, they call themselves civil libertarians. They have this extreme absurd view that people should be 100% free to do whatever they want, even if it means dying in the street. Now, if you want to go out somewhere out there and die, go for it. You want to go in the forest, go in the desert, go on an island in the Sacramento River? But these people are dying in plain sight in front of us. And their families often want to save them. And if the families would be allowed a chance, these people would be saved because they're not in their right mind. They can't make a rational decision to care for themselves. And as uh, Catherine, the sister, says, when did families lose the right to protect their loved ones? We were trying to keep him alive. And this has been going on for decades. Now, Gavin Newsom has a plan called a care court, which would get these families in front of a judge and order care. Um, But now there's a lawsuit to block it. Disability rights and civil liberties groups. And yes, they, they know that the alternative is these people die in the streets, suffering terribly, but... These people don't care. This is the only plan out there. And really, there is no other way, unless if you have somebody whose brain is 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 fried in some way. I mean, they may never come back, but the only chance is that you at least allow family members to put them into some kind of treatment program and see what happens. <clears> or <throat> At the very least, don't have them piled up in the streets in front of us. Because in California, if someone like James Rippey doesn't want mental health care, even if they're in the middle of a deep psychosis, Anita Chabria writes, it's nearly impossible for family members to do anything. For a family member to stop someone in a deep psychosis from destroying themselves is considered a violation of civil rights, according to this crowd. And here are the organizations that are that that stopped uh, the the two sisters of James Rippey and are trying to stop this Gavin Newsom bill, this program. The disability rights, disability rights California, it's called, the Western Center on Law and Poverty, and the Public Interest Law Project, claiming that thousands of unhoused Californians with mental illness will be threat threatened with court orders forced into involuntary treatment and swept off the streets. Not because they're a danger to themselves or others, because a judge has speculated they're likely to become so in the future. Well, of course they're a danger to themselves. Anybody living in the street in their own filth and waste, addicted to drugs in the midst of psychosis? This poor guy was blind. He'd lost both his eyes and part of his frontal lobe in a motorcycle accident. He went flying into a grain harvester when he was 24 years old. And he spent the next 35 years on the streets unable to see. Obviously, with a, destroy- a damaged frontal lobe, he couldn't function properly. He got hit by cars twice. He often slept in front of the county building. So the county employees who get paid to help him just walked by him and watched him suffer down below from their office windows. I, I I mean, he said he was... A, the sister said he was a mangled, broken man. His sister was his twin, Linda Pravati. And... People with schizophrenia, it's written here, are often last in line when it comes to getting help. The care court may do something about it. It's a one-year program might be a two-year program. and if the person doesn't participate, they can be referred towards a conservatorship. And a conservatorship is the last chance. A family member now takes over your life and makes your decisions and 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 the civil rights crowd is saying, no, you can't have that. Well now here's a guy who has a damaged frontal lobe and and two eyes missing. He's laying in the streets dying of pneumonia and sepsis until his organs failed. And his sisters tried for 16 years to help him, and nobody in government would. And if somebody tried, these organizations would file a lawsuit to block the help. I, I, I can't imagine anything is sicker than that. Again, it's, these, it's like the insane activists in Echo Park Lake that want to bring the vagrants back in and foul the park. It's these insane activists with these so-called civil rights organizations who would rather they all die in the street. That's what Nithya Raman allows to go on in Sherman Oaks, people to die. It's like a death cult. So now we have people in government, in the agencies, in office, and they're running a death cult. And then they're scolding everybody else for not being compassionate. I don't know. It seems like somewhere not too long ago, the world became inverted. <clears throat> coming up again, Assemblyman Juan Alanis after 3 o'clock to talk about a possible repeal or at least major adjustment of Prop 47. Uh, he'll be on in a little bit. Ken is uh, away today. And again, coming up after uh, 3 o'clock, Juan Alamas is going to be on. He's an Assemblyman and uh, from Modesto, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Modesto. Ah, remember that? Scott Peterson Gary Condit territory. Uh, those good old days, huh? Uh Juan Alanis is going to come on. He's got uh a bill to uh dr- drastically reform proposition 47, which is the root of a lot of evil in this state because uh god, what did it do? It it reduced the uh the amount of the amount of stuff you can steal from a store. Remember the minimum uh, is $950. You can steal $950 worth of stuff from a store, and it's not a felony. And they won't even arrest you anymore for it. It's a misdemeanor. And even if by chance they arrested you and you got convicted, uh, you don't get any jail time because it's only a six month jail term. And in LA County, a six month jail term or less means you don't go to jail. I'm not making any of this up. So really, you can go every day into a store and steal $950 worth of stuff. And never get punished for it. And so why do you think uh, we've had so much shoplifting going on, so much theft, so much theft? Also, Prop 47 did something terrible, and it used to give prosecutors a tool, some leverage, where they would go to you know, a, a guy who had been accused of drug crimes and say, look, we keep, we'll either put you in jail or you go get treatment. And most of them would take treatment. Well, Prop 47 took away that bit of leverage the prosecutors had. So what do, you th- what do you think these people did? They stayed on drugs, and they're living out in the streets. Those are just some of the homeless people that you're dealing with. Uh, that was, was a terrible law. It was sold to the public as the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. Yes, that's an exact quote. The Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. And a judge no longer had the ability to order drug rehabilitation programs rather than incarceration. Wow! So uh, could all that be reversed by a Republican assemblyman's idea in a Democratic legislature? Most of the public is against Prop. Forty-seven. We'll talk about that after three o'clock. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, Deborah? Did you hear about the guy in Uganda? His name is Musa Asaya Kasera. He has 12 wives, 102 children. How many grandchildren? Glad you asked. 578 <laughs> oh grandchildren. God. He's 68 years old, and only now he feels enough is enough.
0: How do you entertain 12 wives? Yeah, I know. At that age, I mean, not saying 68 is old, but it, it, you're definitely not in your prime.
1: Why would you want to? <laughs> well,
0: uh, I don't know. Why would you want to? One,
1: one wife can be exhausting. Well, yes. You know, as I'm sure your husband knows.
0: Yes, but then you, you maybe you have you have different wives for different reasons.
1: And, yes. One for just uh, child production. Exactly,
0: or maybe a few. Yeah,
1: hundred and two. Wow. Don't these women run when he comes knocking at the door?
0: Well, maybe they're so excited to see him because it's their turn.
1: (laughs) But they know they got nine months now. Uh, They're going to be pregnant. I can't relate. And the thing is, he doesn't even work enough to feed everybody. He says two of his wives have left because he couldn't afford food, clothing, and education. Well, I don't blame them. Well, (laughs) Wait a second. If you're wife number 11, right? Yeah. And there's already like, like 92 kids in uh-huh. the family. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, uh, no, I'll find someone else and, you know, start fresh.
0: Yeah. I mean, what what is he doing to entice these women?
1: I don't know what he's got downstairs, wow. boy. Downstairs. That, this is definitely a Pete Davidson situation. <laughs> he must be uh, unusually gifted. Mm-hmm. Um He says... Um, His health is failing. Yeah, I bet it is.
0: So he wants all the wives to take care of him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they're they're running out. He married his first wife in 1972 when they were both 17. And his first child was born a year later. He doesn't know the names of all his children. Well,
0: I don't think I would know the names of all mine if I had
1: 102. 102. No way. He can't even recall the names of some of his wives. (laughs) He. He apparently has one son who keeps track of all this, and we need—he needs a name of a, a child or a wife. Uh, his son Shaban Magino knows. He runs the family's affairs. He was educated. They—they um, they have monthly family meetings to try to limit the uh, disputes. the The village is only four thousand people, so he's—he's he's a. He's what about, uh, he's about 12% of the whole village. What a Just... stud. Yeah, um, that, that you can say. Mm. Um, a lot of his family try to do chores for the rest of the uh, neighborhoods, the uh, rest of the neighbors in the village. They spend their days fetching firewood and water, s- traveling long distances on foot. That's all they do all day. The whole family. The whole family. Why I am what, I hearing an I echo I have no, of no idea.
0: Oh, I hear an echo of myself, too. Of myself too. Hello. 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 Oh, that's... Oh, okay. It went away. <laughs> was that was that? creepy. I have no idea. I don't know.
1: Was that... Was that inside Mm. your head
0: there? No, that was inside (laughs) your head.
1: (laughs) Let's take a tour inside Deborah's head. Hello, Oh, no, that would be scary. (laughs) How are you, you, you? (laughs)
0: Let's not. (laughs)
1: Um, Oh, I said that two of his wives have left him. Another three um, moved to another town because of overcrowding. Uh,
0: Well, I mean, what does he have to offer these women?
1: Not much. He's not making any money anymore. His health's no good. Right. So they're getting nothing. He said uh, his wives now take birth control. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I have learned learnt mm. from my irresponsible act of producing so many children that I can't look after. This guy made 102 kids. And now he's saying he learned. Well,
0: he didn't know too- he didn't know about a condom.
1: No. He says, My wife, my wives are on contraceptives, but I am not. Uh. So he never took any precautions. Used to be a cattle trader and a butcher. And so he had money and status in the village and claims that villagers would offer their daughters to him. Some of them were under 18. And child marriage was not banned in Uganda until 1995. And polygamy is allowed under certain religious traditions. So the kids range from age 10 to 50. The youngest wife is about 35. That's pretty old for uh, having 12 wives, right? Oh, yeah. You'd think, you'd think there'd be a, a 19-year-old in there. Um, his Most of his family lives in a rapidly dilapidating house.
0: How do they fit? Uh, I mean, well, how can he afford? I mean, I can't imagine it's it's a mansion like yours.
1: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the view you posted the other day. Okay, <laughs> little Miss Mountain I don't
0: live on the West Side.
1: <laughs> yes, but you live high high in the mountains. <laughs> uh, he's got a one house with a corrugated roof that is rusting away, and he has two dozen thatched mud huts nearby. <laughs> so I guess. Maybe every wife gets her own mud hut.
0: Oh, that's exciting!
1: Yeah, they can only feed the children once a day.
0: Oh, that's sad.
1: Or that's according to wife number three, Zabina. And if she had known he had other wives, she would not have agreed to marry him. And then, and then he brought in the fourth and fifth wife, and then he had twelve. And and she's very upset. Unbelievable. I don't know. No wonder the guy's in bad health.
0: Oh, wait a second! Well, you got 12 you're gonna blame the wives. No, you
1: got twelve wives that are unhappy with you.
0: Okay, well, just one husband who is what, 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 God is, knows what.
1: What is his day like? Well, They're
0: back all- in the day, I'm sure it was pretty fantastic for him.
1: Oh, I guess so. When he was when he was thirty years old, yeah, they every, they couldn't get enough of him. All right, coming up, Juan Alanis, the assemblyman from Modesto. He's got an assembly bill that would lower. The uh, felony theft, I can't what? say this, the felony theft threshold. You say this. Felony, felony... Thr- thr- theft, threshold. theft
0: threshold. Do it again.
1: Do it like five felony
0: times. Felony theft threshold.
1: Felony theft threshold.
0: Threshold. <laughs> Don't you ever make fun of me on the air again, John Cobalt. <laughs> Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.